Hello, and welcome back to the Ox Unplugged, where we think the most important part of spaceship design is where the toilets are. I'm Crispy Crap. I am Mr. Jaywit. Elyon. And today, we're getting into our engineering degrees that we totally have, and we are talking about spaceships and spaceship design. <sighs> I have an engineering degree. What's going on? No. <laughs> I am so shocked to hear this. Let's what? talk about, like, the internal structure matrix of a uh, Oh, of a God. That's how we're starting. <laughs> we're just, like, we're using words like matrix in the beginning. Okay. Matrices aren't that complicated. You just got to get used to it. I can say that much. Maybe instead of getting into, like, the technical details, we should be more into, like, what we think is good and what we think is bad in spaceship design. Because, I mean, to a certain point, you can get into physics and rules, but rule of cool at the end of the day really applies a lot of the time, even with more hard sci-fi series. Yeah, cause yeah. to be fair... I mean, I'm not judging, but <laughs> I, I, I am coming for this from a perspective of, like, not real-world starships. We are not having a math cast. <laughs> I don't care how many times Jay says it. Math cast will come around eventually. Oh, just oh. God. It's, it's going to happen one day. You're right. It, it will. And you're probably going to have to sucker us into it. I'm going to oh. summon Pablo <laughs> and a whole bunch of engineers. It's Actually, I would enjoy that. As much as it's just, you know, to, again, we're going to get inside baseball for just a second. Sorry, tangent. But as, as much as what? you would enjoy that, I would enjoy listening to that and not not necessarily participating. I'm a dum dum. I can't do math talks so good. But just like I don't I know, I'm not an artist, but I really enjoyed listening when Crispy did the art cast, listening to him discussing mm. with other artists, discussing their discussing their motivations, how do they, you know, how it works. I found that fascinating. I would enjoy I think I would enjoy the same thing. I may not have an idea what the hell you're talking about as far as understanding. Okay. But to see the passion, to see the enjoyment, the excitement, and to the fascinate, to to hear perspective on it, I would listen to that absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, if you want to do a, a math cast, it's fine. I'm just saying. See, you just I'm don't want not, it either. <laughs> I'm just saying I won't know what the fuck is going on. I'll just be sitting there, like nodding my head, just smiling and nodding yeah. in my head. I'm somewhere else entirely. You should probably thinking about spaceship design to get us back on that subject. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I got y'all distracted me with MathCast. Okay. I, I'm, just having, <laughs> so, I'm having flashbacks over here. That's all I'm saying. So, okay. Um, so, I do think there it is something fair to, to say, which is that a spaceship has, like, it does need to be designed to go through space. So, you have to at least follow through on all of the it needs to be sealed like a submarine. You're saying it needs to be believable in a sense. Yeah. Because that's, that's really what it comes down to a lot of the time. Yeah, I honestly hate it when it's like, here's a, a regular ass ship out in space. Like Treasure Planet, sailed. you you probably yeah. don't like that. Um, uh, that. Not my sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I hope you are not besmirching one of my favorite sci-fi uh, starships, good sir. I would argue that it's not a sci-fi movie it is a, a pirate space, movie it's in space, space fantasy really. yeah oh that's you, what what do you assume i'm discussing the treasure ship from planet? treasure planet no no i am talking about the starship yamato 
from Star Blazers. Thank you very much. From Star Blazers? Oh, mm -hmm. the Yamato Space Battleship Yamato. Yes, Space Battleship Yamato. They essentially built a starship from the insides of the ruined World War II uh, battleship Yamato. One sec. And I'll essentially, post, I'll post a picture. Yeah, I, I put a picture in the chat of oh. Auxiliary Unplugged. Uh, but it's essentially a starship that's built out of an old World War II battleship. That doesn't seem very good. Oh, but it's so fucking cool. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, it's, very much, it's very much rule of cool. Oh, it's so badass. Yeah, I mean, I never, there's a, there's a lot of sp spaceships that take inspiration from naval vessels. That's, so. it's the nature, like, that is just how people... Uh, makes like okay, a lot of um space stuff. They are considered naval battle battles, especially in fiction, because mm -hmm. everyone has their ships, spaceships, but they're still mm -hmm. they've got the. My brain's not working right now. Space is water. Yes, yeah, space, space is water. Space is water, and they are built with the navy in mind, like mm -hmm. um admirals and everything. I mean, you see that basically in Star Trek, the way that Starfleet is fleet is organized. It's it's you know it's typical military, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know it makes sense because if you're going out into space, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's different how it's handled. But it would make sense to treat it in a naval context, at least. It, at the very least, if it's a an attacking spaceship, it needs yeah. to be military, right? Yeah. And then there's there's a lot of times when spaceship design where the the military stuff just doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. The one yeah. big example you see that I can think of off the top of my head is in Star Wars. The bridge of a Star Destroyer is open and exposed to space, very well in view of any sort of artillery, or as you see in Return of the Jedi, kamikaze pilot crashing into the bridge. Now, to be fair, Star Trek does the same damn thing, with, with very few exceptions. I mean, think about the bridge is right there on the top of the saucer section in most of, most of your Starfleet vessels. It's this essentially exposed. So you know, like, I, I, I think that's the problem where most sci-fi writers and people that envision it that's why they you influence the they have that naval influence so much because it's called a star ship. It moves through space. We think about it as a ship, and just like a battleship would have its bridge raised high up where you know you could see what the fuck is going on. I think they just it's it's a concept that I think most people identify, which is why it makes sense in our heads that they would be made that way. Mm -hmm. And even though logically it should not. It's it's why I like where in the times where they treat it more like submarine warfare than they do typical space battleships, you know. You kind of get into that a little bit with Star Trek, but in a lot of ways it doesn't. It still leans more towards the Age of Sail thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I like the designs of the ships of the Expanse, which is, of course, is more realistic in terms of its portrayal of sci-fi, so it makes sense why they're the way they are, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with beyond-the-horizon warfare. You know, you're launching torpedoes at ship that's thousands of kilometers away from you, and decisions take 
second minutes, if longer, in order to make in the heat of combat. And it's an interesting thing, you know, you see these ships designed to maneuver in zero gravity, they're built for their environment. Which, if you're more realistic, it They're just sense. like a ball, basically. A uh, slightly pointed ball. Like bricks and stuff, um, flying boxes, a lot of them. Yeah, I still haven't watched The Expanse. Um, I really intend to get around to it at some point. But you, you made an interesting point just then, where you talked about doing stuff so far in advance, where you're firing at things you can't even see, which is kind of like that's modern naval warfare. You know, if, if should we go, you know, should a naval warship go into battle, most likely it's going to be shooting at things it can't see somewhere far off the horizon. And with space, it's going to be even more so. You've got even vast area and it's in full three dimensions or yeah, three dimensions. Yep. Also, something that people don't really understand is that space that space is really big. Like even bigger yeah. than you imagine. So a lot of so there's a um a book the book series that I talk about a lot, the three body problem. There's a point where two ships are actually like chasing each other down. And it takes 50 years because they're going at point two C. And like just from conventional uh drives, and they're like We'll catch up to them in about 75 years. Let's go. Like, oh, God. That sounds like the second sequel. What? Oh. Uh, I didn't watch the, that we, one. Yeah, it's the... Anyway, don't... don't sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to discuss. Just, just go on. It's, yeah, so it's it's sort of like... I don't know if you guys have ever actually looked into actual pirates. Like, historical pirates. Um, slightly. I've dabbled. I've dabbled in piracy. When two ships are, like, crossing each other, it takes two days for them to actually catch up. Mm -hmm. So they are staring at each other, and they're just trying to figure out, is this person going to try and murder me or not? For two whole goddamn days. And then they pull up, and then they flash a pirate flag and say, give me all your shit. That does play into what I know about Blackbeard. He basically relied a lot on his fearsome reputation in order to avoid conflict with vessels. Yeah, you know? it's a gr it's very easy to get murdered out yeah. on, on the docks. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times you just didn't want to get in fights, sort of like in space. Space piracy is a do what I say or I'm going to vent your ship and kill you all. Yeah. It's not a, like, oh, let me blast a whole bunch of shit everywhere, blah, like, do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, you're going to do this, or everyone's going to die on board, and you're now not even going to be able to blink. Now, to your point, space, space is gigantic. Outer space. And you can move in any direction. It's not like you're on the surface of the water, where it's like, you can go left, you can go right, that's about it. You know, you... you, you if you if someone can see you, there's only so far you can only so many ways you can get away from them. But space is so vast. Also, as we may have touched on in our uh, FTL episode, if you could move faster than light, theoretically you could move in any direction away from them without them really being able to follow you. So this would only be something that could happen at sublight speeds. But you should still be pretty easy to escape. If you know, if you come into anywhere near someone, I would imagine, because well, then again, to your point, space is mostly very empty. There's not a it lot of probably places really, to hide. It probably really depends on the nature of the FTL drive, because like 
if it's like, oh, I'm going to make a giant portal and then go through it. Yeah, okay, you're going to see where they're going. But if it's like Star Wars where it's just, boop, gone, where are they stopping? Ugh. You basically know. can't follow them. Or, or if it's like Battletech where there's only certain points in the system that you can jump to, which yeah. dictates defense of a system. And that goes back, too, to what you were talking about earlier, Crispy, where how um, there are things that will be happening. And even you, Mr. J. Reese, said, you know, you may be seeing them. You may be aware of them. And it may be days. It may be weeks before you actually come into contact. Like, and that's what, where I love about Battletech is, you know, it takes months. If you're going to go invade someone's planet, it's going to take months to get there. And they're going to know weeks and days ahead that you're there and you're coming. Because that's how far and that's how, you know, out that it takes for you to get there. And that's fascinating to me. Just the, the idea of like the bar, no, 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 the barbarians didn't just show up on your gate on Monday. You've known they were coming since last month. And you just gotta figure out what the fuck to do then. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yep, let's, let's, let's uh, get ready, boys. There's a coming. Oh, bother, said Kerensky as he ordered another nuclear missile launch. <laughs> no, 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 don't disperse the good. Sorry, maybe I, don't, maybe I, I should have said Amaris because you know that's more on brand. I don't did did I don't think Kerensky. Well, then again, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't think I Kerensky resulted to tactical nuking. I mean, maybe in certain circumstances, I could imagine him using it, but I don't maybe think, not. I don't think he is careful enough, or he's that like poignant to be like, oh no, no, I would never. I don't think he. Yeah, I think he would just go. Yeah, I, I think if the uh, if the situation warranted it uh, yeah. strategically, yeah, I, I guess he probably would. But we're getting way off Starship. Design. Yeah, we yeah. are. Um, how, how about um, we talk about what we don't like in Starship design? What are things that you guys see when in when it comes to Starships where you're like, I don't like this. That this is a thing. I personally, as much as I like the, like, I, I brought up the spaceship, you know, Yamato from Starlos, which I, I just mm. think is just cool as fuck because that's also my childhood. But I don't like when they insist on making, whether it's a starship, whether it's a snub fighter. Because when I think starship, I'm thinking like capital size ship or, or at least something bigger than like a little snub fighter. I don't like when they make, make them overly aerodynamic. That's not logical. Unless you are intending for this thing to also operate in atmosphere, there is no need for it to have aerodynamics. Not necessarily. Because if they have conventional pew-pew shooty guns, glancing blows are a thing that you can aim for. So if you want a lot of slants, you eventually do turn aerodynamic, right? Well, like if you... It yeah. is, you definitely become a narrower profile. You're not just necessarily a brick, you know? See that that goes back to your whole starship design. You're gonna if you have a warship versus an exploratory vessel versus a cargo ship, you're talking di completely different designs, completely different aesthetics. If you've got a cargo ship and it's not designed to go into warfare, you're gonna design it very efficiently. You're gonna design it to be uh, very specific. There's not gonna be anything wasted on it because anything that's completely unnecessary to the hauling and distribution of that cargo is gonna be wasteful and not. Uh, efficient to the uh, profitability of that enterprise. Yeah. The only thing I don't care for in um, Starship design is when it's too fucking big. Because, like, 
I'm I'm sorry, Haley. I'm, uh, actually, no, no, you don't like it. You think it's silly too. The even a Death Star fits yeah. the entire size of a moon. Do you know how much fucking metal that is? Yes. Yes. And you I, gotta, I, yeah. I know. I, I have, it doesn't make sense. If it's like yeah. a Dyson sphere, that's different. But yeah. I watched a. It's funny that you brought that up because I watched a video this week, and they estimated that if instead of building the Death Star, the Emperor had instead taken all that product and built Star Destroyers, he could have bought built 4,000 Star Destroyers. And yeah. I'm telling you, a fleet of 4K Star Destroyers could have far more easily pacified the galaxy than one super station. Yeah. I mean, you forget how big the basic Star Destroyers are. They you get in? a reminder of that in, like, Rogue One or Andor. Especially Rogue One, because you see it's the size of the city that it's over. I will be happy to <laughs> share some of my knowledge of that. One of my favorite uh, starships is the Imperial Star Destroyer. Even though it's a little stupid. So, no, it's uh, not. I like it. I mean, they're, they're, it has flaws to its design. Uh, yeah. But the the most common Star Destroyer that we see in Star Wars is not actually the original Star Destroyer. It is actually the Imperial Star Destroyer II, also known as the uh, to Rebel pilots as an Imp Star Deuce. Um, but that is it, it <laughs> is Deuce. Scoop <laughs> 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 fast. Um, the standard the standard length of an Imperial Star Destroyer uh, two was approximately three miles. Oh, so okay. So when you're looking big. at that, So it's more... It, um, yeah. Actually, how long is a battleship? Uh, yeah, like, roughly... It's big? But if, again, I, I, I am... I will be honest. is under a mile long. Okay. I'm, I am relying on my knowledge of Legends lore uh, for this i this is not something i have researched or looked at recently so this is knowledge that i am gleaming and pulling from from the brain the the head meets from like 20 years ago but to the best of my knowledge the imperial star destroyer standard was three miles long which made the super star destroyer the executor which first made its appearance in uh return of the jedi i believe even more impressive when you saw how it dwarfed a standard star destroyer at its 10 mile long length uh, and yes, that's Sorry. really too big. Uh, yeah, to you're just wasting material at some point. To answer your guys' question from earlier, I just looked up the length of the USS Enterprise, which, if I'm not mistaken, was the biggest carrier in the world, and it was uh, over a thousand feet long, which, that is not even yeah, that's a not even a mile. Yeah. So, yeah, the Star Destroyers are massive. They too big. I don't yeah. like it. Huh. Which makes you wonder why yeah. they built the Super Star Destroyers. Don't get me wrong, they're cool. But well, in terms of like an actual warship, it makes more sense as a mothership than an actual warship. Like if it had production facilities aboard. All of that, that and the, the Star Destroyer, the Super Star Destroyers, and especially the Death Star, that all went back to the military philosophy that was established by Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, which was known as the Tarkin Doctrine, which means if you present a force or an ability so immense that it would be ridiculous for anyone to conceivably resist it, 
then you can essentially bring peace and order to the galaxy through superior firepower. You just, in other words, everyone's going to lay down their weapons because it's like, holy shit, that it's so massive. So how could we ever stand up to it? That worked out well. Has it ever yeah. worked out well? No. Well, okay. See, that's 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 Target the, was a moron. <laughs> that's the downside of it is you when you present something, you know, the people with something so monstrous, then they all say, "Well, shit." Our only choice is to rebel, is to resist, because if we don't, we're all fucking dead. Something no tyrant seems to ever get, but it, it also just shows the waste of resources, too, because, I mean, as great as the Super Star Destroyers were, how many regular Star Destroyers could you build with the resources put to just one of those? I would imagine you could at least build three or four. Okay, I am looking at... Technical specs of an Imperial uh, two-star class store destroyer, and according to Wikipedia, they are sixteen hundred meters long. That's just unnecessary for a ship like that. How far is that in, like, you know, America? Roughly a mile. Okay, all right. Like kilometers are smaller than miles, so like roughly a mile ish. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're so in that respect, then I would I'm guessing then that they're roughly a mile. Superstarter are roughly three miles, then probably because I know they're at least three times the size. Probably. I mean, sometimes it makes sense for a military warship to be on a large scale. Um, one of my favorite examples being the Battlestar Galactica, because oh, not generation the ships though. Right. That's, I mean, see, that's that's different. That's what that, it ends that's... up becoming. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's meant to be the size that it is because not only is it a battleship, it's also a carrier, and it okay. is also meant to sustain operations, you know, on its own, far from a planet. It's just a floating city at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's a floating city, and it has its own manufacturing capability. Not to mention resource storage. So it makes sense that it's the size that it is. And then, you know, obviously that comes into play as being a generation ship. Yeah, I, that, like, that makes I, sense I, as a generation ship. But, yeah. but by and large, to have a ship that size with all of that on it doesn't make sense from a military perspective. And, and, and another thing you brought up about it's, it's a carrier. One of the things that really annoys me, too, about starship design that we see a lot in sci-fi is majority of them, Imperial Star Destroyer being one of them, are meant to house and carry their own squadron of snub fighters. But the vast majority of them have like one hangar, or they can only launch like a couple of them at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how long is it going to take to launch an entire squadron of star uh, of star fighters if I that's the way it's designed? The only one I've ever seen designed right, that to my memory is the one from the Clone Wars, the Venator class. There they had the split opened, would go right I'm, down the middle. I was and you just going to say, the Venator is one of my favorite ships. Yeah, because you so. could launch dozens upon dozens of ships all at once. That makes sense for a carrier ship, but the way most of them are designed, it's like, you, you could, by the time you get them all launched, the enemy's already there. That's what's nice about the Galactica and Battlestar's generals. They have the launch tubes that they will launch squadrons of fighters out of, and then they can recover them through the pods. Uh, the, the, the video game, StarCraft, uh, there are the characters as well, which is just... Boop, 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 Protoss, boop, boop. Yeah. yeah, they've they sent out like... drones, too, so that kind yeah. of makes things a lot easier. I mean, that's something another that I'm, I would hope to see more in the future in regards to uh, 
space combat is more of just drones. Drones, drones can... like drone ships. Like, not even necessarily just as full automated fleets. I'm talking about, like, you have a ship that can just launch drone fighters or support vessels and things. Like, micro ships that it can... are automated. They experimented with that, or they show a little bit of that in uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Um, yeah. When, uh, spoilers, not that it, it, it... If you haven't watched it now, it's because you, you have a hate boner on for all things New Trek, and you're not going to, so I'm just going to say... No comment. Um, mm-hmm. Uh... But in that season, they are... Is everyone familiar with Section 31? Yes. The bad guys. Well, no, 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 no. No, they're not <laughs> bad guys. They are a part of the Federation. They're just the Black Ops, CIA, you know, nobody at... Don't ask, don't tell, don't worry about it division. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the, the dirty underbelly. And Section 31 has been taken over by a super AI. And... They so are now they're the bad guys. Okay. And, and they are battling Discovery because they want Discovery's super high-tech spore drive, among other things. And their intention is to, this AI is to essentially take out all the organics. Well, they end up going into a battle, multiple starships, with Section 31. And Section 31 is flying a couple of, you know, capital-sized starship vessels, but they also have a fleet of drone uh, fighters and they operate exactly how you would think they would you know if you've got a bunch of drone fighters you're going to be kamikaze and them, them son of a bitches all over the place because you yeah. don't have to worry about the meat and it's it devastatingly effective and you can start doing g-forces that normal humans don't want to deal yeah. with like i i personally i don't want to see like completely automated fleets necessarily unless it makes sense but the idea of using drones in combat in consortium with humans, I think is a really interesting way of going about it. Like you're saying, the best way to do it. Yeah. You could have like a single warship be the focus of a story, for example, but it has the ability to deploy drone ships as a support role, you know, but you're going to need, I mean, even in a, even if we're talking a reasonable sized ship, you're in space. You've only going to be able to have so many people there because it's going to be as difficult as it is to, how many people do you need to make a a, a a super carrier run here on Earth, right? I mean, it takes thousands of people to operate one of those. Well, if you're talking something in the leagues about twice to three times as big in space, as more complicated as it is, but it's going to be far more difficult. You're going to have a lot less space. You won't be able to have that many people to operate that ship. You're going to have to have some level of, uh, of automation just, for, just to make it run. So then you're talking, not only do we need automation, we're going to have to have some base level AI and how do we cap that before the ship goes, so we, could, so we can't have a ship go rogue. This is, uh, might be a controversial take, but I feel like the age of space dogfighting is slowly going away. I don't think it's something that we're going to see a lot more of, um, at least in maybe newer sci-fi. I think that there's ways to portray space combat that are just as tense, but not in directly like two ships chasing each other, shooting guns off. I mean, Star Wars probably will keep doing that, but well, yeah, Star Wars. No, is, they're going to kind of built on that. For media, they're still going to keep doing it because it is action intense and super fun, and everyone loves watching it. So it's still going to be going on. I'm not worried that it's going to disappear from society forever because people just fucking like it, and if. Customers like it, and people like making it. 
they're going to keep doing it. But when What's... it comes to like real life of like, well, yeah. why, why would I want to, to do this? Then they're playing, you're playing a different game. If you're, yeah, acting. that, that yeah. maybe let me, let me retract that. That's more of what I mean. It's like, in terms of like actual space combat, you, you're not going to see, uh, yeah. dog fight. It's going to be, there would be, honestly, I could see drones being used a lot. I mean, oh yeah. But yeah, standoff weapons and things. And there's a way to implement that into a story where it's interesting. I think The Expanse does that a bit. Not necessarily the drone part of it, although they do have drones they use in the series, but it's it'd be something interesting to see more so in sci-fi. If you want to do it interestingly, what you need to do is you need to have some way for the, a, per, a human, because you want humans to control it, because otherwise it's not why are we watching this yeah yeah so you want a human to be able to like vr style plug directly into the drone and then go exactly. flying around that would be fun and interesting yeah. or use it use the drone to show a perspective of something happening yes you know? and you don't give a shit if they die because yeah. the, the drone explodes and the person takes off the vr headset it's yeah. like oh that was awful yeah i have an idea for you so you've got, let's say you have an enemy capital ship in the distance. So you launch your drone force. Of, let's say you've got about, I don't know, let's say 50 drone ships, all being piloted by pilots. But all these drones are, are small, hand-sized wedges of, I don't know, tungsten. With a little, with are enough... Are you making rods from God? Kind of. But these aren't rods from God. These are little wedge-shaped <laughs> cones of tungsten with little, like, you know, engines behind them and enough controls for you to control it. And that's right. all you do. They're small, tiny, barely perceptible, and you're just going to fly all of these at a top speed and just perforate the, sh the enemy ship. That would I, be an I interesting think, weapon system to I see. think you're reinventing a rocket. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That, that is the thing. But a little it's, it's, a, it's a cruise missile, but fancier. Yes. Yeah. It's like cruise missile with eyes. Yeah. Kind of, but tiny. I guess that's kind of a point where you it can go a little too far with having drones in a setting. It's just like, you know, at a certain point, it's like you need to have the human element because otherwise it's just like, oh, if you can do this with a weapon system, it's like there's no drama necessarily. Well, that's that's where yeah you have to balance the what would the logical what would the logical end game of where we would go with this technology versus yeah. what me, what helps us tell a cool story. Yeah. So, Barbara, what stuff or what specific spaceships do you guys enjoy? What sorts of things do you guys like to see when it comes to spaceship design? Since we've been going off on the opposite, we talked about what we don't like. Um, yeah. I personally, I mean, I know you're going to think, oh, it's the Star Wars nerd. He's going to start throwing out, you know, all these different things. And yes, I do like them. But what I really like when I see a starship presented in, in, in a setting is when they do something logical and non... Show me something that a human wouldn't, wouldn't come up with. You know, give me, give me something that's different. And that's why one of my favorite is the Borg Cube. Ooh, yeah, where it's just oh, pretty really one. fucking weird. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a damn cube. 
That's all it is. And that's, that's, uh, that, that's exactly what a machine would design. Give me an AI that's all it's designed is to be efficient and to function and to have all these things. There's no... Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did Hell he yeah. No. He lost him to the void. Fuck. No. Okay. It was bound okay. to happen while we were recording. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk the instead... The claims another victim. <laughs> yeah. The internet doesn't want this to happen. How dare they? Tom Star be like... <laughs> Tom Star's like, hang on, how dare you like the, the board? <laughs> Listen, we'll have a shit post on the clans episode. That way, Comstar will hopefully fix our bandwidth. <laughs> we can talk about clan meth weasel. Hello. Okay. Oh, there we oh, go. He's back. back. Okay. Yeah, yeah I just like it. Just like everything locked up for a second. Okay. Disconnected. Comstar. Yeah, we were blaming Comstar. We I paid. Trust me. He's hey. about the cute the Borg cube. I paid my <laughs> bill. Come on, guys. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, we're talking Borg Cube. Yes, Borg Cube and how it's so fucking weird, but they just, they are who they are. Right. It like, makes like, sense for the Borg, I mean. But it does. It's just, it is, it is terrifying. It is not, looks like anything you would have designed if you were a human being. It is looks like efficient. It's exactly what a, what a hive computer abstract mind would design. And it is. Not necessarily. Okay, Sorry, okay. if I were a large abstract being, I would make it a sphere. Because well, it's they better did, they, on the materials. They do that too. They oh, perfect. Have, they also have Borg spheres. Okay, but never it, mind. I'm happy. But, but the first time it shows up in the next generation, it was it so is. scary. Like it was For, just, just, just giant black, gray, you know, box. So it's just space. a blob and you're like, what the fuck is this? Why is this here? Oh God, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. And, and, and you can't beat it. Like it's just, it's, it's faster than, than the Enterprise. It's weapon. Weapons, you know, can cut right through it. It was just, it, I, I, the Borg were so scary when they were first introduced. And then, you know, understandably, they kept nerfing them, you know, as, as, because the they were like, oh, we want to actually them not be a super weapon. Right. But it was just that, that was something so innovative, so different. I fucking love the Borg cube, just the whole idea of it. So I've found the one. Um, sci-fi ship ship that I really fucking love. All of the homeworld ships, they are these complex, beautiful little things every single time, and I love it. I can't play homeworld to save my fucking life. I'm terrible at the game, but it's so fun to just watch. Oh god, you took my answer. Fuck. Oh yeah, because it's so good. That was one of my. That was gonna be one of my things I was going to say. I love the, the ships from Homeworld. They're all so wonderfully designed. Yeah. They're just... I, I really like the design of the, the battle cruiser for the Hagarians in Homeworld too. I, I like that just like... It's sleek, but it's still like a death brick. You know? I love all the boxy guys. Who are, they're like, these are... These shouldn't be weapon. These are basically high-lows that we strap cannons on. Let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. I've never played Homeworld. It's a lot of fun. It's very good. Um, there is the uh, rem uh, remaster that came out. Yeah. That that's what I I I've never played it before. I learned about it like a year or so ago, but that's what I went with to start, and it's been great. I enjoyed the shit out of it. It is, yeah. 
I still have to beat two, but Homeworld one was a lot of fun, especially with the salvage corvettes. Just like, oh, that's a nice battle cruiser you have there. It'd be a shame if something <laughs> happened to it. You just board up an enemy ship and just go, no, I'm mine. Just pull them back in. Yeah, I assume this is on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam. Uh, Steam and GOG, yeah. It's really good. The and the fucking music. Wow. Well, I know we've talked. We can talk about the music forever, but God, uh, I love it. We, we could have a whole homeworld episode. I totally yeah. Do that. Oh man! Well, you took my one answer, so <laughs> goddamn it. But I do have other ships that I like. Um, I like. I said earlier, I really like the Star Destroyer designs from Star Wars. There's something mm -hmm. about like the sleek, angular dagger look that I like. Um, both the Imperial and the Venator class. I really enjoy those, but uh, yeah. I the also people... really like the, the, the Battlestar from the the newer Battlestar Galactica series, the way that those are designed. But See, uh... to me, I could believe, I really can believe the Star Destroyer designed as a, as a space battleship because the wedge design is logical. Because it, it allows you to have multiple overlapping fields of fire. Mm -hmm. Except for the fact that it's got virtually no guns in the back. Like, if you just approach it from the rear, you can just blast the fuck out of it. That's the thing. Really it's like, why not put missile pods back there, if anything? Like, oh, you're coming behind me to attack torpedoes. Like, or why not just extend the back of the ship a little bit mm -hmm. so that, you know... You don't yeah. have to worry about the engine singeing it off or something. It's just, yeah, they, they, they could have, they did, now they did, they got smart and they did that with the Superstar Destroyer, where the engines are tucked more underneath and you have a superstructure that goes back beyond behind where the main bridge and shit is. So you've got actually rear facing weaponry. That's, uh, but yeah, I, I believe that design. That makes, I can see where from a military's perspective. Now, there's a lot of shit they got wrong with it, but you know, what happened? Yeah. I'll tell you one battleship that I really do like, and that is the Doniger-class battleship from The Expanse. That is a really great warship design, which I'll, I'll post a picture of it in chat. But it's basically just... Imagine a rocket mixed with an apartment block flying through space. It's just this huge <laughs> brick shithouse of a, of a warship. And... It's, it's so nice. It has... It Sounds like something from like Space Two Thousand One. Uh, yeah. Which I'll find a picture of it. Yeah, this thing. The the I love a lot of this the designs of the ships in the Expanse. They're just so aesthetically hilariously plat, hilariously yeah. practical every single time too. They're oh like, yeah. No, you just sort of just go for. It. There we go. It looks like a fucking floating gun. Yeah. yeah. Which it really, actually, it really does. That, like if you. Like yeah. it looks like something like you could kind of like grab it and you give give me a little handheld with a little cutout to put my finger in there. That 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 looks like some sort of like weird space shotgun. Yeah, which does remind me of another one of my favorites, and I can't believe I almost forgot to bring this these ships up. But the ships of Halo, I love the design of the frigates that they have, where it's basically just it it is literally a giant gun that you just turn the ship and aim it and it just is this massive gauss cannon that just blows a hole in enemy warship it like that's what they used to destroy a lot of the covenant vessels was they 
just shot through their shields with these big mac cannons. So there is the my favorite ship that's kind of dumb, but I don't care. The USS Enterprise. The old next generation classic big weird pointy things. The giant dumb sphere on top that separates. Okay, so you're talking about NCC 1701D. Sure. The one Picard pilots, because Picard's cool. Okay, he captains, he doesn't pilot. (laughs) Okay, data pilot, (laughs) Picard captains. Now, okay. It it is the the sphere when they have to like, oh, something's bad happening. We have to leave and they just... (laughs) Like pull off fifty percent of the ship. It's like we made yeah, it they, lighter. It's so stupid. Every the saucer time. section just detaches. Yeah. Which I always yeah. thought that was kind of silly that they did that. Like, oh, well, it's so stupid. It was a cool idea because <laughs> somebody thought, "Oh, here's what we should do. We should be able to." It make was very eighties. We, we need the saucer section to be able to detach because this is a. It's it's not a war view, a warship, yeah. even though it does a lot of war shit. There's also, there's also civilians and families living upon it. So if it gets in a bad situation, we need like the back half, the drive section, to be able to separate so the saucer section can get away. Mind you, the saucer section does not have a hyperdrive. It's just moving at impulse. And why so would they, they even do that? Yeah, so if there's exactly. something, so That's if not something, where the engine is. Right, so if something bad breaks off, they're just going to like slowly <laughs> move away. Right? Like, they're basically... I mean, they're not defenseless, but Jesus Congratulations. Christ. Congratulations. You've, you've cut off your only means of escaping the yeah. system. Right. So... It's every... You know, the important bit. Like, the engine. <laughs> they just yeah. leave it over there. It's so see, stupid. They fixed that idea. Again, I understand the concept. They didn't think it through. They fixed yeah. that idea in Voyager when they run across... When Voyager and the Delta Quadrant runs across an experimental starship from Starfleet called uh, was it the Prometheus? It's the Prometheus that the ship was designed. It has four nacelles and it goes into what I think they call it multi-vector battle mode where the ship literally splits into three. Oh, that fucking thing. The top half separates with one set of nacelles. The bottom half separates with one set of nacelles. And then there's a weird like little center piece and so they can like all three kind of like swarm attack which i thought was kind of cool except again you're still leaving one part that has no start no hyperdrive but anyway that see that's the reason why i have i don't really have many star trek ships on my list they're kind of stupid because they're (laughs) stupid yeah they're right i mean yeah like like especially the vulcan warbird is cool yeah that's, a, like, that's the only the, good one that I think. Gonna, well, you mean the Romulan Warbirds? Romulan, sorry. Yeah, I the Romulan Warbirds look cool. I st- I like the most of the Klingon ships. I think the Klingon ships look, you know, militaristic and, and so forth. The only Starfleet ship that I think really makes sense and looks like, yeah, that makes sense how I would do it, is the Defiant. Because it's all compact. And it's the only thing, it's the first one they built that doesn't have the goddamn bridge on the top of the ship. It's internal. <laughs> Yeah, the Defiant I, I like. It's that and you know what it makes sense because that ship was made to be a warship. Exactly. So. I, I never get why they why don't doesn't the Federation just actually have warships? Every time they're, they're like, no, no, no. It's, they're, 
they're pre they're just lying to themselves most of the time then i think they are because they're at, at war more than they're not no they're are. just they're peaceful they're not warships <laughs> it's just like they bring out their exploratory vessels they just also happen to harm arm them with photon torpedoes and phaser banks yeah because that's what you know because jacques cousteau when he was out there roaming around and in, in the uh Whatever the fuck his ships were, the Calypso or whatever its name was, yeah, because the cause Admiral Kuznetsov, yes. because uh, yeah, because he had torpedoes and you know and uh, deck guns because he was an. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said Kuznetsov because the ship's supposed to actually be out at sea to work. But it, it reminds me of every once in a while you'll see a a, a senior project from uh, universities. They're like, we're delivering water bottles to hikers. And we're improving the detection rate and uh, adjusting everything. Like, what are we really doing here? What are these peace ships really doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, we call it peace ship because it leaves you in pieces when it's done. All right. I, I want to mention another one of my favorites. This is like one of my uh, honorable mentions. But you know how I mentioned how I, I like ships that don't look normal. Like stuff that doesn't look like we would have designed it. Yeah. I love the fucking probe from Star Trek Four. Just it's like it's a goddamn it's a giant like solid granite tube in space. <laughs> it right? it looks like a pill. Yeah, it's just like it makes no yeah. sense. Like it, it it's like from what I have what heard, the fuck is this? Supposed to be a model that for the ship Rama from the Rendezvous with Rama book series because they were going to make a movie of that i am not familiar uh it is a book by arthur c clark it's a series um mm. where it's about this alien generational ship which is basically a giant o'neill cylinder that comes through our solar system and it's about like scientists going to it and exploring it basically it's, it's and i'm down with that but I, I just i love the whole idea of this is this is an alien ship should look alien. It should not make any sense to us. Oh, I agree. And, and, and that's what that, like, when you saw that ship, even though the movie is, you know, as, as beloved as it is, it's, it's dumb. But when this thing came on the scene, it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I just love it. Like, how does it move? It doesn't even have any visible propulsion. So I, I just, I love when they do weird shit like that. Like, if, if, if we're going to come up against alien starships, that's what one should look like. It should look like something, nothing like we could conceive of. I'm also perfectly okay with bio-organic ships. Those are very fun to me. Those I are like interesting. Them. Yeah, I agree. Mm, yeah. Like, like, uh, okay. All right. I'm going to follow Starcraft this. Starcraft Preserve. Are you going to say use on Vong? Because I yes, like I'm going to say, say use on Yeah, I, yeah, I, I knew I'm it. Gonna say I knew it. Where they had their world ships, where they uh, all their technology is organic based, where they had their uh, it's fun. There, yeah, like, it's fun. I don't see what the it, issue it is. It is fun. I yes. just know Hellion. I know how he is. <laughs> We're talking bio ships. I'm like, oh, he's gonna talk about the Vong. I don't yeah, I'm gonna talk about the Vong with and their uh, their uh, coral ships that and they had the uh, I wish I could remember the name of them, but. All of their drives resulted in these little organic little beings that could manipulate gravity. And that's how they, they drove themselves through space. I do like the idea of a ship being made out of some kind of coral that's something different. Isn't that... Uh, there was a TV show 
a pretty bad sci-fi show in the 90s. Was it Lex? Where the ship was alive? I'm not familiar. I think it's the Lex. Let me see if I can find that. Um, speaking of other favorite spaceships, I actually really like what Battletech does with the dropships. Where they're just orbs with legs. <laughs> I know. Like... <laughs> it's interesting because it's they're they're supposed to be they're they're not so much just a ship that goes from like orbit to a planet. They're they're like the ships that basically run interstellar travel in a lot of ways versus jump ships. Oh, dr- uh, okay. Because drop ships only go up and down, right? No, well, drop ships are supposed to be the the well, bef- you know, before warships disappeared or after warships disappeared dropships were basically meant to be like a lot of the primary means of space travel because jump ships can only oh, jump okay. from a jump point to a jump point they don't really have maneuvering thrusters for um inner system travel it's more that's all more for just dropships okay yeah. i assume dropships were only about going up and down okay. in in most science fiction yes technically they are but Battletech, okay. the, the name dropship is kind of misleading in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, because you, you had ships that your dropships could be used to go up and down. They could do sublight travel within a system. But if you wanted to go, you know, if you're in the Draconis Combine and you want to fuck up somebody in Steiner space, you're going to have to get a jump ship. You can't take a dropship to get there. Okay. That makes sense. Speaking of dropships, though, I would be remiss if I didn't we didn't talk about those because those are a really big part of sci-fi, and I have two specific favorites in mind that I really enjoy. Um, one is from Star Wars, and it is one of the things that I think was the best about the Clone Wars, and that was the Republic gunships yes. that they had, which yeah. was basically a high D in space, but it was so sweet. Yeah, because they, really? they, they designed that ship with the idea of copying, uh, like, the, the, like the whole end, like the, when Attack of the Clones, that whole initial attack was all uh, partially choreographed based on archival footage of uh, Vietnam, of uh, air cavalry troops landing in Hueys and debarking and attacking. That's where a lot of that inspiration for that came from. Oh, that makes sense. Um, the other one that I was thinking of, which I think is the quintessential dropship, is the Pelican from Halo. I think the Pelican is a really well-designed dropship design. Uh, that I, I, it's, I know it's supposed to be more based off of the dropship from Aliens, but honestly, and this might get me some hate, but I think the dropship from Aliens is kind of dumb. Mostly because of the way that those missile pods fall out of it. If it didn't have those, it'd be fine, but... It's not very aerodynamic. It is not. No. The Pelican it... feels way more aerodynamic. Well, the ones from the original Halo trilogy, not the ones that they came up with for Halo 4 that looked really... that were more supposed to be like a hind, but they made them look just real weird. Now, I... You know, if you're talking dropships, I've... I'm still a overlord from Battletech. Big, giant, huge egg dropping out of the sky and, you know, landing on its super oversized landing gear and disgorging, you know, a dozen mechs. 
Um, but I also am a fan of the leopard, you know, just the smaller flying brick that only can carry, you know, it lands almost like a shuttle, but it can carry f only four mechs. Um, I think particularly in the uh, Battletech, uh, Hairbrain Springs Battletech game, I think I did, thought they did a really good job representing that. Yeah, I uh, really like the design of the Battletech dropships, like, but I also, I, I do kind of look at them a bit differently than I would normal dropships, you know, because I feel like they fulfill a wider role than just dropping troops on a planet. So I'm going to throw one more ship at you. I don't know. I'm going to drop this in the, uh, in the chat here, in the uh, voice chat. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this ridiculously terrible movie. Oh, you I'm mean like, the penis? Uh, that's a penis. No. No. no, that's I dropped that. I'm sorry. That's the man. That's, I thought you were gonna the post the Sun Crusher. I was like, please, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the, the one I posted earlier. That's the Lex. That's the the bio. The Lex. From a, a, oh, okay. Yeah, from a, it was a show, short run show, sci-fi show in the I think it's the nineties. No, so there was this movie. Uh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> there was it's this a cock movie. And balls. The it does look like that. It's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to represent kind of a uh, almost like a dragonfly. But uh, there's a movie from 1996 that starred Dennis Hopper as Stephen Dorff called... Yep. yep. I'm the only oh. one with a good internet today. I Damn think. it. There he is. So there's this movie from 1996 with Stephen Dorff and uh, Dennis Hopper called Space Truckers. Oh, that movie. And oh, my God. Yeah. So this was their rig, the Pachyderm. And this was their space rig. And I fucking love this. This looks, I mean, it looks exactly like you would imagine a space semi truck would look. It's even got flames, you know, like red flames on the front and shit. There's just something so industrial about it. I don't remember shit about the movie, but I remembered the, the truck. That doesn't, I imagine it's a pretty bad movie. Uh, it's quite yeah. possible. It's, it's very much in the vein of, it's it's almost a it's almost a parody of a sci-fi movie without being an, an intentional <laughs> without <parody>. actually humor. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, it's not trying. To, it's not trying. It's like it's one of those where it's not really trying to be a parody, even though it is a parody. And uh, are you also familiar with the with the movie uh, Ice Pirates? Because no. it's kind, it's kind of in that vein. Oh, do yourself a favor if you've never seen Ice Pirates. Please watch it. It is both ridiculous and funny. It's it's like one of those like sci-fi action comedies, sort of. So it's both okay. making fun of itself while also kind of trying to be cool and awesome at the same time. Sounds very bizarre. So okay. it's my kind of movie. There's there's a running C plot of the movie that involves the word space herpes. Oh. Okay. Uh <laughs> Well, it sounds like an interesting movie then. Um, okay. Uh, so the, the anime... Uh, uh, damn it, I, I was going to bring it up, and then I forgot the name of it. Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Mm. Are, you talking, um, are you talking about the, the ships? The, yeah, the space trucking are, is like yes. actually the best thing ever. I love that space trucking arc. I love yeah. the idea of space trucking as a concept. Just like 
you're towing just like all, all these just, cargo crates together. Just to terrifying them out, and you're just going. Because every single time, it's just a horrifying amount. They're like, no, 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 no. It's fine. You just do this, this, and this, and this, and it's great. Well, theoretically, since space is a vacuum, you don't really need that much. You should be able to move almost it's, an um, infinite it, amount of mass, right? Um, what it does is it lets you have... Yes, you can move anything, but slowly. Um the momentum is what kicks in very quickly. So you can have a whole bunch of shit, but it's momentum-based then. So it's like, you know, you get a thousand chain if, yeah. cargo containers, but at the same time, you've got to have enough... slowly, and they don't fuck around. Right, so it's like it's just like if, you know, you're a semi going downhill, you lose brakes. If you don't got the brakes to stop it, you're a runaway train. Yes, yep. And you're doing that in space from the start. Hmm. So it's good up as long as you're very good at what you do. So it's almost like a space train. Yes, it's literally a space. Like that that sort of idea of you gotta be very careful with that. And see that now see, going back to the where we talked about at the beginning, that would make you so subject to space piracy because you can't stop. Oh yeah, kinda, no. You're just kind of stuck. Moving along, and they're just gonna pull it just like they're gonna butch and Sundance that son of a bitch. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to move, so yeah, no, absolutely. I can absolutely see that. Ah, uh, piracy. Piracy why is does, fun. Why does it always come back to piracy? Pirates space. life for me. Space pirates are their life. They're great. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh, God, <laughs> I was wondering when someone was gonna say that. So what I want to know is they don't, we see so much in Starship design. There's a lot of variations and some stuff, sometimes they try to make it look, make sense. A lot of times it's just, we're just going to do weird, you know. Uh, They're just going to go. We're yeah. going to do weird architectural uh, aesthetics just to make it look different and alien. So they can all kind of, we can tell whose ship is what. But they never really explain how any of the tech works. And what I want to know is, how the fuck does anti-gravity work? Do you mean, uh, like, uh, fake gravity, or...? Yes! Okay. How do they make, how do they make a know. ship where you it, have It's gravity? done by who gives a shit technology. No, it's a lot they, of hand-waving. It, it doesn't. Depending. Like, that's the whole point. Like, sometimes they, they talk about it, but most of the time it's... Otherwise, it, you, you, can't, you can't film it. It's just... It's just is. Yeah. If it doesn't, just, if you don't have it, it doesn't work. I I do like the idea that Mass Effect and a few other series do, where they treat it as like a gravitomagnetic thing, where it's like Actually, electromagnetism and generates gravity. From what I remember, um, because I did actually look into it because I did enjoy some Mass Effect. Uh, what they do is they have they found a magic particle that lets you change the gr the the weight of objects both positive and negative. So you can make something really heavy or really light. And so that's what they're doing. Which I think is fun and neat. Alright, I can buy that. But what it, it but let's just let's go move beyond just the uh uh anti-gravity. One of the things that has always annoyed the shit out of me as much as I love Star Trek is why does every single spacefaring race seem to be at the same level of tech? 
They've all got shields. They've all got phasers. They've all got uh, warp drive. They've all got torpedoes. They all have anti-gravity. Like, is it not conceivable that somebody out there could come up with like, well, you know, we've got warp drive, but we haven't figured out shields or we haven't figured out anti it just you would think that you would we wouldn't all just be more or less working at the same tech we think so. um, until so for example all of humanity's technology is roughly similar right right the chinese and the brazilians and the europeans all have the same amount of technology but that's because roughly. we're all we're all the same species yes. all yep. stuck on the same sphere all developing technology mm -hmm. at the same level yes the vulcans but the Vulcans are tens of thousands of years ahead of humans. They should have shit we've never dreamed of. I think the, the big difference, at least to me, is once you get the base technology level and then you, then you crack open their shit, you can figure out pretty quickly what they're doing. Hmm. It's hard to keep secrets with trash. So that's saying, my Andy. argument, at least. And that's well, why you need to destroy your medical documents before you throw them out. <laughs> Let's remember, kids, burn, burn everything. Don't, let, don't leave anything behind for the man to rummage through. Exactly. Your trash should be a shredder. And then you should burn the shreds. Yeah. And then you should burn the shredder. Uh, we've been going for nearly an hour. Do we yeah. want to call it here, or do we have more stuff? I mean, I'm running out of steam. We could always do another part on spaceship design, I suppose. Or just talk about other space-related things in general, because, you know... It, it's us. Yeah. We just like space. Okay, we're going to talk okay. about... It doesn't matter what the subject is, we're going to talk about space at some point. Yes. Exactly. It, it's more to do with us than, than anything else. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not spaced out, man. It's not like we're recording this for anyone to listen to. We're recording this for us. No, it's just for yeah. us. We just happen to somehow have people that actually listen <laughs> to it, which, like, wow, what are you guys doing? Blows my... Yeah. It's weird every time. It yeah. sure is. Appreciate it all the same. Oh my, so much oh, though. Yeah. yeah, especially when... And this is where we talk about our sponsor, Raid Shadow. Oh <laughs> god, <sorry. laughs> No. <laughs> it does, it really does blow my mind though, when people reach out, especially through the unplugged uh, uh, public chat, to talk about the, the episodes. It's just like, wow, like, I didn't think like... You know, again, we're just... I didn't interpret that. That's really cool. Yeah, like, we're just having conversations and just talking about, you know, essentially shitposting, you know, together. But the fact that people, like, resonate with some of the stuff, that's cool. Like, I, I, I enjoy that. You know, I, and I don't mind when people call me out for my stupid shit, because uh, yeah. I, I, I will fully admit, <laughs> I have re-listened to episodes and realized, oh, oh no, no, I just said something and I was so wrong about what I said with, with such emphatic, like, positivity Confidence. that I was absolutely right. Yeah. No, so I, trust me, if, you, if, if I say something stupid that I am absolutely wrong about, feel free to call me out on it. Uh, yeah. His home address is... <laughs> <laughs> Some part of me just got, like, really scared. <laughs> God, please, please don't come to our house. <laughs> I had Jehovah's Witnesses to show. That was creepy enough. Well, yeah. anyway. I guess let's call it a night. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, make sure you have toilets on your spaceship. Make okay. sure you have enough for your, for your entire crew. Just... That's kind, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
there's only one right in the middle, and everyone just has to go very you badly. Want to play a game <laughs> every single time. Uh, all right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. All right.